So this week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, The Warlord Knight, Episode 7. The intersection of capitalism and fairy tales. That's where you'll find us. We are amazingly terrible. My name's Adam. I am Matt. And I'm David. David, it's you! We took a bit of a uh, hiatus. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. We, I had even more technical difficulties. Yes. And Matt will be our Sumerian. I'm going to summarize the shit out of this. And also, happy Cyber Monday, everybody, because apparently that's when this is supposed to be coming out. So, Oh, wow. Everybody's been turkeyed up before this. Everybody's been turkeyed up already. They done been turkeyed up by now. Nice. I hope they're buying, uh, I don't know, uh, a back massager. I hope they're buying amazingly terrible merch. Uh, which means, like, right now it's late August when we're recording this, so... Well, you gave it away. We got, like, what, four months? I'm not doing math right now. Four months? What do we, no. we got? <laughs> Two months? Three months? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's see, 11 minus 8. Yeah, okay. that's three months. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was uh, painful. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. Thank I'm here you. To, I'm here to keep it real, y'all. Keep it <laughs> real. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is most people can't do math. <laughs> yeah. Not without a smartphone. Yeah. No. Not anymore. So how was everybody's weeks? I think we, we've, we haven't seen each other for like three weeks now. Yes. Yeah, at least. Or two weeks. It was a pretty typical week. Nothing real exciting happened to me here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You I know. hear you've, you've been biking more. You've been getting out in the uh, in the meat space with your child. I have. And, both and enjoying the world. Both with child and sans child. Ooh. I, I have been trying to bike more. Because uh, it's, you know, it's warm here and it's good. it's a good time to get your biking in. Yeah. Yeah. So today we watched King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Yep. Um, what did you guys think of this? Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts? Um, I actually remember watching this as a kid. And the thing that, that stuck out to me was actually in the intro. And it was the specific move where uh, somebody like somebody does like the extendo reach with their lance mm-hmm. to have to have it wedge into a tree and then it like knock people off their horses yep for whatever reason that particular like i don't even know what it was like three second animation snippet stuck with me because as soon as i saw that i was like oh yeah that's what this is it's that show i think i at least saw the intro or an ad for it or something um yeah. I never saw a full episode, I don't think. But this, for me, this is like, for 12-year-old Matt, like 8 to 12-year-old Matt, this is the holy grail of cartoons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely 
remember the show existing. But you never really watched it? Uh, I might have seen it a few times, but I didn't watch it a lot. Oh, yeah. um, maybe because it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, it really starts to fall Whoa. apart in the second half. I was just going to say, but by the standards of the day, I imagine it probably was was pretty good. Well, let's let's get into some of the background. What, what's and, the year here? Yeah, so um, it ran for two seasons in 1992 okay. to 93, um, and it left the story unresolved at the end of the second season. Uh, the premise is that the true mm. King Arthur and his knights are trapped in the Cave of Glass by Morgana, and yep. that that forces Merlin to search through time to find suitable replacements, and he finds the high school football team the, for the New York Knights. Okay, that that was something that, when I was a kid, I remember that it was a high school football team, but then when yeah. I was doing research just now... I couldn't find it where it said specifically high school. It just said football team. And I was like, is it supposed to be a major league football team or a minor league football team or like a, like an off-season football team? Maybe they never make it clear, but it feels like a high school f- team to me. It does. It does. The football team is led by Arthur King in a stunning coincidence. There seems to be a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Within, within the naming convention at the very least. The first five seconds of the intro tells you the basic story. We're chose a football team, and then they're wearing armor. And yes. so, it, yeah, anyone who's seen Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, they they traveled back in time. Yeah, it's, they're in medieval times now. Yeah. So they Merlin brought them back in time and inserts them as replacements for the original knights, but only he and Morgana know that these are not the original knights. So they have to try to like maintain. It's like a secret identity. They have to try to remain, keep it secret mm-hmm. from uh, other people in the past. Yeah, and they have to find the twelve keys of truth in order to free the original Arthur and his knights. And that's that is the overall story of the cartoon. Now, was it was it twelve keys because there were twelve? Were there like eleven knights and King Arthur? Motherfucker, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> probably, yeah. There's probably. probably a key for each one. Yeah, I, I have to assume so. I have to assume that was like the easy storytelling bit that they used right there. The question I have, though, because I, I saw this too, did the Knights look exactly like this football team? Or when they were brought back in time, were, was their appearance changed? It seems like they looked exactly like this football team, but it's not, it's not totally clear. Okay. Do you think they're like enchanted so they appear as um, middle-aged knights to everyone? <laughs> That's what I got to think. But we as the viewers see them as, uh, uh, as like, teenagers? As teenagers, as high schoolers. So like, yeah, like they're, they're middle-aged knights, but like they're moving like they're like 18-year-old football players. That's right. the reason why everybody's like taken off guard by it because like, how are they so fast? Right. Why aren't they worried about their trick knee? And why, why, why are they so emotionally immature? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their EQ seems to have dropped significantly. Yeah, you just don't see 40-year-old men, like, giggling and making crude jokes all the time. Yeah, that would be <laughs> silly. That would be weird. That would be totally crazy. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
<laughs> and the fact yeah. that we're actually laughing at it. Uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> so the series was created by uh, Jean Chopin. Chopin. I'm not great at pronunciating things. Pronunciating. Mm. Diane uh, Eskenazi and Avi Arad. And uh, Jean Chopin was one of the founders of Deke. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. And he nice. broke off and formed his own company uh, after Pussy. he left Deke. Yeah, right. Vagina. <laughs> no, it was in French. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> he also wrote on Jace and the Wheeled Warriors and Conan okay. the Adventurer. Nice, nice. And he produced Rainbow Bright, Mask, Teddy Ruxpin, Zoobly Ooh. Zoo, and Heathcliff. This guy gets around. That's a pretty good pedigree. Yeah, that's actually yes. like a pretty decent number of high level cartoons underneath his belt. He was he, this guy was he was a player in the eighties for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, Avi Arad, he, or Ard, I think his last name Avi Ard. This guy, Avi yeah, Ard. this guy is this guy is even super more successful. He was the CEO of Toy Biz. Uh, oh and he, shit. Okay. Yeah, and he became yeah. the CEO and founder of Marvel Studios. So his production credits includes like all the Marvel movies, all the Avengers movies, wow. all that crazy shit. Nice. Uh, however, nice. digging deep into his sordid past, we can find the kind of things that we are interested in. <laughs> so he, some of the cartoons that he EP'd are Double Dragon, Pac-Man, nice. Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, and Spider-Man Unlimited. Oh God! All right, he's our boy. <laughs> so, so essentially, through research of this um, terribly amazing cartoon, we have now added more cartoons to our terribly amazing list. I hadn't heard of Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Neither had I. That's a new one. And and what was the one before that? Uh, Double Dragon. Double Dragon. I don't think I we think have that's that one all, listed yeah. either. Yeah, I think. Oh, no, I think, no, we do. Okay. We do. Okay. Because I, I found one, too, through the tiny little bit of research I did on this one, which was the uh, the spinoff, the uh, Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. What? I think is what it was called. There was a spinoff? There was a spinoff, yeah. No shit, really? Yeah, I think that I think that it was only released in France, though. Uh, yeah, but well, got... um, Jean is French, and his company was yeah. French. Yeah, but I think it did one of those things where, like, it released in France, was successful, so they tried it in the U.S., and, like... Only had like a couple episodes of it come out. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I added it to our list though, so we could do a little bit more research and see if we wanted to. I'm excited by that. Place. So, at any rate, we get into the opening credits. And this show is so 80s. Yeah, it's got that. It's got that bitch and rock, right? Yeah, it's eighties to the max. Yeah, it's got a hair metal opening. Hair metal, yeah. hair metal music that explains the premise of the show. It also the animation gets progressively worse as we get deeper into. Okay, the, I'm okay. glad you mentioned that because yes. I wrote down in my notes for the first five minutes. I thought this was a really well animated show. Yeah, and then by the yeah. end of it, I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> It's even in the it's even in the opening credits. Like it starts off very beautiful and then slowly declines. Um, that said, overall, it's pretty well drawn. 
You know, sometimes people just have a schedule and they can't, you know, polish <laughs> something to the level that they want to before they release it. I, it's true. It just happens sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't happen to true artists like us, but. Yeah, yeah. Lesser artists. It's never been an issue for us, ever. Everything that you're hearing, listener, is the way it should be and the way we intended. Hold on. <laughs> 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 and the fact yeah. that we're actually laughing at it. Uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> Especially the background humming in my audio for like the last 12 months. Yeah, I, it's, uh, It makes it feel homey. I wrote down that the music is a PG-13 hair metal wet dream. Uh, after, after the opening of Sinkens, we open on Camelot. We are looking at the castle. But do we go inside? Fuck no. We pan Absolutely down to the not. woods. Second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. And we find Sir Breeze and Sir Lancelot who say that they are returning from helping the swamp people. And uh, Sir Breeze, who is an African-American gentleman, is bitching bitterly about it. But Sir Breeze is pretty much a downer. And he seems to be kind of a lazy racist stereotype and is also being a lazy racist. He's got a uh, black guy in an 80s movie, Vox. He does. Mm. He kind of has token black guy-itis. Yeah. It's not helping that they <laughs> gave him a spear. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> David. Don't worry. The blonde, white, blue-eyed Aryan knight is morally and physically upright. So and, and, everything and is right. Lance a lot. But they, they keep calling him Lance, so obviously his name was Lance in the future yes. alternate universe, wherever he happened to be a, a football player. Well, you know, time echoes, right? You know, mm. you know what I mean? You, don't, you know what gotcha. I'm saying? What we do today echoes through eternity. <laughs> through the, because we're recording it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, right. that makes sense. That makes sense. And we see uh, on a cliff that Morgana's warlords are plotting an ambush. And we see um, Lord Viper, who is one of two bad guys with a name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he is gloating and giggling under his, under his snake helmet. And I was very confused by this. Why, Why was he Lord Viper and not Mordred? Was it because they didn't want to go into, like, the complication of Mordred being Arthur's son? Yes, and I think or... they use they use Mordred later and they change it so that he's not... He's his... not a bad guy. He's not he's... a villain. No, I think he's not his son. He's not his son, okay. Or maybe they just got, like, a good opportunity to get the guy who did the Cobra Commander voice. There you go. So they wanted to stick with the snake theme, so they called him Lord Viper, or whatever it is. Yeah. Overall, this show feels like there was a lot of executive input. Mm. Yeah. But at any rate, this, this whole... So they set up the ambush, right? They have the right. ambush. In the beginning of this fight scene, I was like, yeah, this looks good. This is going to be like a nice little fight. And then yes. literally like two seconds into it, it all falls apart. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? What, who's moving yeah. where? Why is that arm doing that? Terrible continuity yeah. and bad editing. Yeah, and the bad guys have these uh, uh, reverse chariots that That's push. exactly what I, yeah, yeah. Exactly what I call yep. them. Yep. They're reverse war chariots where the chariot is on the front. 
of the horse. And they push these like uh, rocket-propelled spike shooters. Yeah, it's some yes. sort of like weird technic- advanced technological devices. Well, they combined they're toys. with spares and and well, yeah, yeah, obviously. They're clearly toys, and they part of their mm-hmm. toy. This is they shoot they shoot things. They shoot spikes, or they they throw battle axes, so right. that you can like have a little catapulty type toys. Yeah, 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 with launching action. And the, the other thing I noticed about a lot of the drawings is the the ground seems to have a weird grid line, weird grid lines on it, like it's like yeah. a D and D battle map. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that too. I, I was assuming they were trying to make it look like there was like the well worn path to create like a like a, a road, but not in our modern sense of a road, more of like the ancient sense of like this is just where people walked all the time, so it beat the earth down. But it it seems to be like running off of the cliff and in like weird different directions so it really was like they just sort of added striations yeah in an attempt to create depth maybe i'm not sure i'm not sure maybe to like try to they laid it down to like make it look like there was perspective and they you know yeah. it didn't work if they took them out there was some dialogue during the fight scene but the music and the sound effects are mixed too like high to over hear. yeah yeah over the dialogue yeah but it gets to the point where, like, in, in the actual battle itself, you'll see, like, two enemies facing off. Uh, like, a, one of the good guys and one of the bad guys facing off. And, like, one of the good guys would, like, move slightly. And that would be enough to, like, completely destroy the bad guy. It's just, like, the animation got, like, so, so crappy so quickly. During this whole fight scene, there's, I guess, a batting, a battering ram but it's like a, a wolf's face with an open mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was going to hit uh, uh, Lord Breezy off of the side, yeah. off of the cliff. And Lancelot sacrifices himself by jumping on the battering ram and holding the mouth closed of the wolf. But then he gets off of the battering ram and then like dodges out of the way and the battering ram gets oriented towards him again and he dodges all the way it's it's so like that whole sequence is so weird and i had no idea what they were trying to convey yeah like i don't know what the movement was they were trying to convey with that at a certain point uh lancelot is knocked down at the edge of the cliff that just magically appeared at the uh edge of the battlefield and he is surrounded by baddies and knocked off and he falls down into the into the river well did they aim the battering ram at him and Bree screams, no! Yep. From, yeah, like, yeah. the Monty Python, Holy Grail, Lancelot starting his charge at the tree line, distance <laughs> away. Yeah. He, um... He, the voice actor nice. really puts his heart into that no. He really yeah. knows it up. Now, I actually... I thought the voice actor for Breezy was actually pretty good. For, for Lord Breeze. I thought he was actually pretty good. It wasn't too bad, it was, yeah. It was, it was it was unfortunate dialogue, but I felt like he, he kind of gave his best. And there's like, after Lancelot gets knocked off the cliff, there's a whole scene where where Breeze gets like angry and just yells out, He was my friend! Yep. And like, that was just like, what the hell? Uh, and, and that's, <laughs> uh, and, and Sir Breeze starts to go crazy and he's kicking all of the ass. Uh, even to the point where Sir Viper comments that this knight has, quote-unquote, the fury. The fury. Yes. And the fury consists of lazy, minimal animation. 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, where he repeatedly <laughs> kn- yeah. knocks away the same two axes. And, and then the bad guys say, how do you find fight a knife that... Oh, Jesus. How do you fight a knife? How do you fight a knife That's that not a knife. like this? <laughs> That's Ding. not a knight. That's turn, a knight. Turn to page 437 for Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, the the bad guys take off stealing the knight's horses. Yeah, and Sir Breeze climbs down the cliff to find Lancelot's shield and follows the river until he finds a raging waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Then we cut back to the Round Table and we learn that Camelot is under siege, quote unquote, by yeah. the by the warlords, and basically this is when I'm like the. Both of these idiots, like, this is the worst siege tactics I've ever seen on both sides. <laughs> We're going to siege you from three miles away with clear open paths to get in and out of the city. Right. And in response, the defender's like, well, we'll send two or three knights out at a time to just wander around to, and come back. To, to go take care of the small errands that we as the heads of this kingdom are supposed to be taken care of all the time. Right. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the warlords establish no perimeter, don't don't seem to impede traffic. Let people come and go, maybe ambush them every now and again. Right, if they see yeah. them. But this is when, when we get introduced to, we don't see her, but we're introduced to the idea of Guinevere. Yes. Because she she and her handmaiden sends a lovely wreath to help with the mourning of Lancelot. Yeah. And as soon as they said Guinevere, I was like, did they go into that? It I got a I got cartoon? a I got a real vibe that maybe they did. I feel because, like they did too. Because the, there are a lot of unnecessary scenes where Guinevere is kind of worried about Lancelot or interacting with Lancelot. Yeah. She's worried about Lancelot and then also sort of eye fucking Lancelot at the same oh, time. Oh yes yeah, she so, is. Yeah. <laughs> she cannot get enough of that mullet. Like there's there's a few times where I was just like, did they go into that part of this this whole storyline? Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of feel bad that that we are doing this without Derek. Um, because Derek has been saying, I think he said quite a few times recently that uh, Sir Gawain is a Gawain, Gwain. Sir Gawain and the Green, Sir Gawain, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight was his favorite story growing up. So. I figured he was a little bit more into the Arthurian legend, and he might want to be a part of this. But yeah, he wants to watch a show that basically just shits, destroys all it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing about you know if I really like something, I want to see something that really just fucking destroys it. Just just takes it and like wipes their ass with it, and then says, "Hey, I made it better." At any rate, Breeze is blaming himself for Lance's death, and he's convinced he's dead because he had a quote unquote fifty foot drop into what running water. Right. In all in all fairness though, he was in full plate mail, so Yeah, but this is the kind of full plate mail where you can like get on a hang glider and fly through the air. Right. Fair enough. Fair where enough. you where you yeah. can stand up on your own. And you can like jump five feet in the air. Yeah. Right. Around this time in, in the story, I was actually uh getting some concern about um haircut continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because all of these guys have modern haircuts, and they're supposed to be in the past. And it seems like they've been in the past for a while, 
So I'm really curious how they're getting their hair cut. Well, and it took me right out of the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Ding, ding, I was ding. Just like, just like, how? How are these guys getting these bus cuts? Well, it, little known fact, when you travel back in time, your hair and fingernails and toenails stop growing. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, right, because you're you're previous to your own birth. So. Oh, I see. Right. I see. So you don't age or you reverse age until you until you meet in the middle, basically. No, you still age. You're, you're still fine. It's just this weird thing where your hair, toenails and fingernails don't don't grow and if you have baby teeth you won't lose your baby teeth but you'll still age normally it gets really gross (laughs) what happens if you cut your hair though like you go back in time and you had long hair and then you cut it does it just revert back to being long no it stays cut it stays gone okay yeah it doesn't break the laws of physics jesus okay well it's important for us to make sure that we have the proper rules for time travel outlined in case any of our audience members want to try to go back in time. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is probably a good chance to kind of educate them a little bit on that. Right. As a public service. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm counting this podcast towards my public service. That works, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, good. This is like being a mayor of a small Midwestern town. Okay, excellent. (laughs) Just got to make sure to let the judge know. All right. So, Viper and the Warlords find Lancelot wandering around in the swamp. And um, Lancelot has lost all his memories and doesn't know who people are. And Mm. uh, Lord Viper tells him that we are your friends in the creepiest hissy voice ever. (laughs) And we cut then to the evil mountain where Morgan Le Fay... Morgana Le Fay is hanging Morgana out. Morgana Le Fay, yeah. Yeah. And everybody needs to be brought in front of Morgana Le Fay in order for her to let them know that Sir Lancelot fell into the river of forgetfulness. Right. As if this raging river that was cutting through the land was not known by any of these assholes before. Right. And most certainly, a river with magical properties to make them forget nobody felt the need to track this except for Morgana Le Fay especially because it appears to be like first of all like in first they've been to see the swamp people before so they must have crossed this river before and well, it seems and, to well, be they've about, hiked past it at the very least yeah so. and it seems to be like two miles from fucking Camelot yeah again tactical geniuses <laughs> well maybe well actually maybe this is what we're running into maybe they are actually tactically tactical geniuses but they keep falling into the river of forgetfulness, and they keep forgetting all the shit they're supposed to be doing. I mean, it does. Maybe it runs by the castle, and that's where they get all their water. Yeah, that's where their drinking water comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she gaslights a Lancelot, calling him Sir William, and, and tells him that he's a warlord. And she tell, spins a totally, totally reasonable story where he was going to replace his twin brother— Sir Lancelot, who fled to a distant land due to King Arthur's evil. Yes. And literally she calls the uh, Lancelot's compatriots the cruel Knights of Justice. Right. Those cruel <laughs> Knights of Justice. Hey, you know. 
Which kind of, I mean, in like the modern parlance, it kind of makes sense because, you know, Citizens United is not about, you know, any proper citizenship or like any of the like right wing acts that are trying to be passed or named the exact opposite of what they're supposed to be. Well, in all fairness, though, watching this, listening to Morgan Le Fay's explanation, it seems like it is ludicrous enough to the point where it would have to be true. So, like, as I'm listening to her, I'm like, okay, that actually kind of works because she knows that when he goes back, everybody's going to be calling him Lancelot. So she's not trying to tell him that he's Lancelot that was trying to defect their side. No, but he's rather that William. he was replacing Lancelot. That way, his odd behavior can be explained in his own mind. Yes, by everybody's reaction to his odd behavior can be explained in his mind. So, like it. To, like when I was when I heard her explain this, I was like, "This is actually like two layers deep, and it works." This it is... it sort of makes sense. That just it's kind of crazy. Gotta, yeah, Sir William's got to believe some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just like the animation where the plot starts out pretty good, and then yeah. it starts to fall apart as we go on. Right. Almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, Will a lot buys it super fucking fast. He's a total sub. Is that? I think that's part of the uh, love triangle storyline. Oh yeah, he like he, he he's the sub, and uh, do you think Guinevere would be the uh, would be the dom? I think Guinevere. Actually... I think Guinevere's into pegging. Mm. There we go. Yeah. So they just form like a line when they're doing their thing. <laughs> Jeez, got it. Well, and that's that's the other question too. In some in some Arthurian storylines, Lancelot, Arthur, and Guinevere were actually, like, a thruple. And then in some of the other storylines, it's that, like, Guinevere and Lancelot were actually in love, and Arthur was cuckold. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. Which do we think this is? Do we think that this is the, uh... The thruppling, or the, uh... Cuckling. The cuckling? The thruppling or the cuckling? I think it's the cuckling. You think it's the cuckling? I mean, this is such an... Like, the whole values of this show are super old school. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's like, who are modern day heroes that we can take back in time to replace right. King Arthur? Football players. Football players. Hey, Benny, it's got to be football players. <laughs> Th those are the modern day well, uh, gladiators. What well, about the hockey players? Us? The no, 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 no. It's got to be football. What about Just... field hockey? <laughs> Ooh. Hey, write that down, Benny. Maybe we'll make another movie about that. Right. So she commands Will a lot to go infiltrate and tells Lord Viper to destroy the round table. So back at Camelot, Will a lot returns. This is when we first see that he's got a super strong mullet. They ring the bells and all the knights rush out to greet him. Uh, and he's much rejoicing. Yeah, and he promptly super fast goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next day, the knights are playing football and Will a lot just walks right by, even though they throw the ball to him. Well, they, they call his name. They say, "Hey, Lance." And they try to right. throw it to him, but he's Sir William, so of course he doesn't respond to Lance. He's already got it like completely ingrained in his mind that he's Sir William. Right. Well, and they also he goes in and he attempts to destroy the round table, but the other knights walk in on him. Well, and leading up to that, that's the first time that we get um, uh, Guinevere really checking out that ass. She's just, like, staring at him as he's walking away. Yeah, she does make an appearance in this scene. I think she notices, but she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any, any uh, dialogue. Yeah. 
Wait, does she does she have dialogue at all in this? Yes. Does she say anything? She did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she talks to King Arthur later. Gotcha. And she has a line right at the end. The knights debate about sending a team to save a child from a giant, and which yeah. we get our favorite scene: a group of idiots laughing at nothing. Hmm. It is amazingly yeah. terrible. So yeah, we have to have a group of idiots laughing at nothing. They arrange for a team to go out. And Will a lot watches them, but is confused about why they're going out to save one child. And he has a fucking point. <laughs> well, they should like they should definitely send more than two people, right? Yeah, if, if it's to like, oh, we got to fight this giant because it's a scourge on this city or this civilization, we need to send a group of knights to stop the giant. Versus, oh, we're going to send two knights to save one child that's being harassed by giants. I mean, I, I get the idea of like, oh, there's monsters. Let's go fight the monsters. But but they're under siege. Like, yeah. they they don't want to do anything about the siege. It's just kind of like just a fact. Like, I thought maybe yeah. that this, but they were like the, uh, the medieval equivalent of anti-maskers where yeah. they're just like, no, no, it, it it's all a hoax. Yeah. It doesn't affect our lives. Yet they have to keep on going out to get those haircuts. <laughs> but it's it's also strange because it's merlin that's explaining to lancelot this whole thing yeah and again i go back to how does merlin not know that something is fucked up is going on right when their kingdom is right next to the river of forgetfulness and you have a knight that disappeared for a day that's come back and acting super weird can't you at least put something together there to be like oh shit, there's something wrong with Lancelot, maybe we should pull him off duty and run a few tests. Right. Or at least, like, have a, a check-in, a check-up or something. Yeah, in my travels through town, uh, through time, I learned that there is such a thing called mental illness. And it seems yeah. that <laughs> Lancelot is experiencing said mental illness. And it seems that football players get a lot of blows to the head. <laughs> These guys are all concussed and drinking that forgetful water. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it's a serious thing. We shouldn't really be making too much fun of it, but I wasn't. You were. Okay, I shouldn't be making too much. Yeah, fun that's of right. You're the villain. It's a serious condition, folks. Folks, if you're going to let your high schoolers play football, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Uh, it's not a safe Don't sport. Don't play football. It's yeah, not a safe sport. Not a very safe. Play touch football. That's nice. Touching's nice. Or play field hockey, like Matt said. <laughs> well, that's also violent. Yeah, but there's not as much head injury involved. Look, get into LARPing. Ladies field hockey. Play ladies field hockey. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of LARPing. That's, that's the one. It's your favorite kind of LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> you dress up like a woman and join the ladies' field, field hockey, hockey. Team. I have I have a regular field hockey <laughs> s- stick, but I've covered it in like three inches of foam, so it's too big. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sir Brick and Sir Wally, who they've sent out after the giant, get attacked, which is again like no fucking shit. They're they're under siege. I'm fairly well versed in Arthurian legend. Of and, course, and not. I do not remember Sir Wally, Sir Brick, Sir Breeze. 
Sir High Top Fade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir uh, French Dude, whatever his name is. I don't remember any of these knights. It seems like some of them, they are, like, they correspond to some of the knights in the round table, and some of them are just, like, no, this guy's name is Brick. This guy na- this guy's name is Wall. And it's like, well, did were, is that, your, like, their actual Christian name, or is that what they were called on the team? Because it seems like, if my mom called me Brick, and then I got really into reading, it seems like it would be kind of uh, unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Whereas if I was called Brick and I got into like masonry, then it'd be like, oh wow, that that really that really fits me. Well, it's not like she didn't have any say in it. Like she could have shaped your interests to make sure that Brick was appropriate name for you, and kept hitting you in the back of the head with a baseball bat with a bri- too. With a brick. Yeah. 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 Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Damn your your mom is cruel. Nice, nice. So they fight. And they manage to take out one of the reverse chariots. And we get to see um, them actually using what are their, like, magic powers, where they can summon things by touching a, a symbol on their chest. And usually it's, like, a weapon. But I think, yeah. uh, aren't they supposed to also have, like, an animal associated with their On their shields, powers? they have an animal, and they can summon the animal using their shields. Some of them do. Most of them. And Wait, was that the show? On... Yep. Yeah, that's the show. They don't seem to do it very often. Yeah, they mainly just summon weapons, really. Yeah. And Brick can summon a wall, a wall. of bricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and this was a very bizarre fight scene. And this is when, like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. This is a cartoon. They can't actually show real violence. So instead they're showing, like, this weird, like, yeah. half-assed fighting where it's just sort of like, okay, I block this, I block that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this machine. Right. There's a, there's a lot of destroying of reverse chariots because they can't kill any of the humans, even though the bad guys are, like, made out of clay or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, are they really? Yeah, they're not They're like golems, humans. basically? Yeah, basically. Oh. Okay. Interesting. So you, you should feel no, no moral qualm to murder them. So back in Camelot, we have the scene where Guinevere notices that Lancelot is moody, but Arthur kind of brushes it off and says, you know, he's fine. Yeah, she's, she she goes to Arthur, and she's like, Yo, man, what's up with my piece of trim? Yeah. He's acting all weird and freaky shit. What's right. going on? I have a question about Guinevere here. Is Guinevere one of the like original people who, who yes. they're trying to fool? Yeah, she yes. doesn't know. Yeah. Which is why I thought it was so much more bizarre. Like, why? Are, are these guys like really supposed to look exactly like their medieval counterparts, or... Is it some sort of magical illusion that's being cast on them by, like, the the round table or by Merlin? She kind of mentions it in this scene where she says, you know, I, I've mentioned that you and the knights seem different in yeah. some ways that are good, etc. And in mm. other ways that are bad. Right. Because none of you seem to be interested in touching me at all. Right. Like, is, is King Arthur, to make it appear like he's the real King Arthur, you, you think he's, like, cuckolding King Arthur by slamming Guinevere? No, I think that the um, at the very least, the, the little bit of research I did made it seem like he was constantly, like, dodging her advances. Like, constantly making excuses uh, to, like, get away from her basically. Okay. So. Okay, that's the, dy- that's the dynamic. So she's feeling rejected, and so she's turning her affections more towards Lancelot. But yeah. uh, 
it's really uh, King Arthur or Arthur King trying to be chivalrous. Oh, shit. Do you think that's actually, like, how the real Arthurian legend went? <laughs> like, like no. she, she was she was getting rejected by King Arthur because he was a time-traveling high school football player? Yeah, yes. And was, was less mature than Lance, than his friend Lance was, and his friend Lance was like, oh, I'll, I'll go, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go take care of her for you. Um, you know, something like that. I think that is in uh, Death de, de, de Mort de Arthur. Oh, really? Yeah, by Mallory. Mine was uh, Crystal Cave or Lady of the Lake. Lady of Avalon. That's what it was. There we go. Yeah. That night, Lancelot goes up on the walls and rejects Sir Breeze and goes around disabling the war machines and defenses. He is throwing his sabo. Yeah, he's Taj. Yeah, he's yeah. saboing it up. Um, but this is when we meet Sir Frenchalot because there's like a random French knight. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as he started talking, I was like, "Did this high school have some sort of foreign exchange program where like they let the foreign exchange students play on the high school football team?" It was a very diverse group, and like they just got this random French kid in there. Yeah. And he complains about being sent downstairs when uh, Lancelot says that Arthur wants to see him. And then uh, Lancelot lowers the portcullis. At that point, Arthur comes up, discovers him, and sort of, like, soft arrests him. Yeah, this was kind of weird. Yeah. They really kind of glossed over this a little bit. Well, they really had to write around the recycled animation sequence of, of them transforming. That Yes. Yeah, yeah, they need to use exactly. that later. But none of the characters seem very emotionally invested and very quickly are like, yep, he's bad. But then, like, they immediately forgive him and it's like, you know how we're going to fix him? We're going to show him love. We're going to treat him as if he's still one of the team and eventually he'll get it. Right. He'll come back to us. So, so this guy has fallen into a river and lost his memory. And our solution is to give him a sword. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's Sounds called, about right. Yeah. That's called manicin. That's medicine for men. <laughs> so they force Lancelot to take the oath with them, which I guess they all have to take it at once, and we get our canned animation sequence. Suiting up, yeah. They, they, they can't redo that sequence. Right. He's got to yeah. be, he's got, he's got his arm in there. It's the magical girl transformation mm -hmm. for the knights. And it seemed very strange to me because they, they seem to be able to, like, take the armor on and off before this because they, like, flip up their visors and, like, manipulate it in different ways. Right. So I, I was really wondering, every time they sent, like, two knights out, did they have to, like, all put their hands in and do the oath to have right. them transform? And then, like, everybody had to hang around in their armor while they're waiting for these guys to come back? I would think that they could, like, they all have to do it together, and then everybody else takes their armor off in, like, a slow, labor laborious process while the two knights that they wanted to actually use Be go out. Up. Yeah, get, go yeah. out into the field. And yeah. then they can't take their armor off for the entire time that they're on the road? Right, no, they're unable yeah. to remove it. Because or they can't put it back on otherwise, yeah. I guess. Because yeah, the they have to have the, the round table to do it. Again, there's a lot of, like... I feel like there's a ton of uh, tropey ideas from a bunch of different cartoons yeah. throw in. We've got secret identities. That's sort of forced we, in. Yeah. yeah, we've got we've got a, a magical team like Voltron who all transform together. 
for putting armor on it and taking it off is pretty complicated. And Merlin may have just like brought this up because they weren't like willing to learn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he was like, these guys can't even tie their own shoes. Like, yeah. These guys have been hitting the head a few too many times. I got I got to make a magical get around for this magical workaround. Overall, though, it's pretty nicely animated. This whole sequence is what shows us that the round table is magical, because they had talked about they talked about it earlier in the cartoon about the lady of the round table, right? And now we realize that like there is actually like the spirit of a magical woman in the round table, and yeah, she's giving them, them that magical abilities. Yeah, and she speaks to them. At this point, the warlords uh, stream in from the gate, and everybody fights an extended fight sequence. And Viper makes a run for the round table, followed by Arthur and Lancelot. And Viper has like a good solid few moments head start. Yeah. And he and he has the time to destroy the round table. He's mid swing, he's mid whack, and he stops to exchange witty banter. Yes. And I and I was pissed. I was like, why don't you just destroy the fucking table? You're right there, dude. You're right there. Well, I, it, it's interesting that they make Viper seem to be a better fighter, fighter than both Lancelot and Arthur. Here, he kind of he kind of kicks the shit out of Arthur, and then Lancelot blocks his blow to the table, and then uh, he kind of kicks the crap about out of Lancelot until Lancelot is thrown onto the table, in which the disembodied voice of the lady of the table tells him to feel his own good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And tells him that his sword, that uh, Sir Viper's sword can't touch him any more than good can touch evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a good Saturday night to me. (laughs) So (laughs) Lancelot's powered up, and he starts beating up Lord Viper and chases him down. And this leads to them driving all of the uh, warlords out of the castle. So this is interesting. Sir Viper is a better fighter than Lancelot and Arthur. Yes. Obviously, because Lancelot and King Arthur, or Arthur King, are football players, not actually, like, swordsmen. Right. It would help if Arthur tried to fight with his sword instead of picking up a candelabra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, d- he does want to use, like, he wants to interact with the environment. Yeah. He wants he wants to use improvised weapons, yeah. But the um, Lord Viper's army is a bunch of clay golems. Yeah, or stone, maybe? I forget. They're not So is this, is this really, like, just sort of an odd matchup of skill? And if Lord Viper could somehow manage to actually get, like, proper human fighters from this era, he'd be able to beat the Knights of the Round Table because the Knights of the Round Table really are just football players? I mean, there is definitely a trope that, like, the villain is often let down by their minions because essentially inferring that they lose because they have poor leadership skills. Yes, but I think in this instance, it's he lost because he's got an army of fucking golems. He's got an army of, like, creatures made out of clay and stone that aren't, like, fully actualized or trained. He basically just has cannon fodder, essentially. I I don't know. He loses because it's important for the plot. So maybe the siege tactic makes sense in the sense that he's trying to like lure out the knights one at a time because he's more likely able to beat them in small skirmishes versus actually trying to run a proper siege. 
it still makes the most sense that if you, you know, especially if you have an army of reusable rock That's people. Right. Like uh, throwaway minions, yeah. Yeah, like the best thing to do is to starve them out, right? Yeah, yeah. yep. Just create it so they can't actually subsist at all. Yeah. Right. Anyway, they they close the gate, and at this point I started, I started laughing because there's this one line where somebody just goes, Hey, I fixed it. <laughs> I totally missed that. Yeah. <laughs> and they really just added that in so that they could actually make sense yeah. as to why the gate closed. Right. Holy we, crap. We, we fixed the continuity. <laughs> and then we get a wrap-up on the next day. Breeze and Lance play football. Lance is all completely back to normal. We get a weird track in on Guinevere watching them play football. And then in credits, which has the same music, but without the lyrics. What did you guys think of this episode? I actually kind of liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a lot of parallels with visionaries and the sort of powers and abilities that the characters add. There's a real, like, completionist little kid logic where they're like, oh, yeah, everyone gets a color, and they each get mm-hmm. a different weapon, and they each get an animal. Yep. I do like the guy that has, like, the, the hammer and sickle as his <laughs> weapon. Yeah. Yeah, he's always sharing out the wheat equally. Yep, yep. You said you kind of liked it, Adam? Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I, I was a little skeptical at first, but I feel like this is actually kind of... This feels like it's kind of our bread and butter, you know, uh, a strange, ludicrous out there plot line where as adults looking at it and knowing the the actual real storyline that this is based off of, there seems to be a lot of like unsaid adult themes right? that they kind of had to like gloss over and keep out just because it was for kids. But like with the slightest bit of scrutiny, you can like add it right back in there. I thought Morgan Le Fay, I thought her plan was actually kind of a good one. Not too bad. What was what she had at her disposal. The only thing that, that I was having trouble with was, you know, why Lord Viper and not Mordred. I kind of agree with you. I feel like I was surprised by some of the quality of the drawing and animations. I really enjoy the wackiness of the premise, but the story they were telling in this episode was kind of boring. And I feel the hand of the executive in this so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. all the characters definitely look exactly like they're toys. Yep. And yep. they clearly are designed to be toys. They had to have three fight sequences. Right. And each of those three fight sequences had to show off, like, the, the certain action that the toy would do. Right. It was, like, corresponding with the characters in the fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, anything that isn't that, that isn't uh, what they thought they could sell, is completely underdeveloped or not paid attention to. Yeah. Mm. Like, yep. do we see the swamp people? Do we know yep. if there's other, like, what other humans do we see that besides the, the ones we were supposed to buy? And we, we don't see the giants. We don't see... Any peasants? We don't see the animals being summoned from the characters, though, either. No. And that was supposed to be one of the selling points. But then again, it probably was more expensive to animate a dragon versus animate Sir Breeze, you know? They don't seem to do it in this episode a lot. I have to figure it's like their superpower move, maybe. Gotcha. Like, it's, it's like, like their, when... Their yeah. ultimate... It's their finishing move, basically. It's when they combined into the uh, into um, the Megazord 
as opposed to being in their individual lions or whatever. So yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like how crassly the capitalism is like slammed into it, um, yeah. and and the premise is so weird and and um, but also very much designed for kids. I also like that idea too that that we've seen a couple times before, especially with uh, the Captain in the Game Master, where it's like we have a fantasy premise. Geeks and nerds love these fantasy premises. Right. How do, how do we get jocks in on it? Oh, we make them football players. That's how we get the jocks to watch. Yeah. I think you're right. There's definitely crossover appeal because uh, appeal on that because the the premise like you're going to travel back in time into the Middle Ages. You know, uh, 12-year-old Matt it's, thought it's that was a wizard. Yeah. yeah. 12-year-old me thought Oh my fucking god, that's so amazing! I would, yeah. I would kick so much ass in the Middle Ages. Never, yeah, exactly. you know, never thinking about <laughs> the fact that, like, well, you don't get dental work anymore, and uh, you know, yeah. your eyesight, your eyesight, you, you lose your glasses right away. Yeah, yeah. If you have to be diabetic. There's no drugs for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have any type of food allergy, well, too fucking bad. Right. And also, like, do you actually know how to make a car? Because <laughs> the knowledge that there are cars or they could well, exist is not useful. Well, that's the that's the uh, the Evil Dead problem, right? The Army right. of Darkness issue, where Ash goes back in time and like suddenly he's got the ability to make a perfect bionic hand and a carcopter. Yeah, like his understanding of mechanics is perfect. Well, they show his trunk and it's all filled with textbooks, so. <laughs> so obviously he knows all of that right yeah. so he figured it as an I mean, Martin ploy it's it's the connecticut yankee um story right like that he yeah, goes back in yeah. time but he suddenly he can command all of the technologies of his time yeah but i don't know i, I think that the, i think that the premise bought me over enough to kind of get me through the episode mm. this episode was kind of was kind of weak sauce and of course there were like there were those moments where it was like yes this is kick-ass wait no no yeah no what the hell is that but they do such a bad job at the points where you want them to kick ass yeah that it's a big letdown i feel like this one's teetering on the edge of being awesomely terrible and or just terrible and i think it's just on the inside of terrible mm. for me see i go amazingly terrible all right David, yeah, what do you I, say? I, I would really like to see like a, a Guinevere heavy episode. Me too. So, so we can get more into uh, yeah that aspect and, and what, what and they're if, trying to do or try, try to avoid. If that Guinevere episode turns into an episode of Benny Hill where she's chasing Lancelot around, <laughs> <laughs> then it goes into amazing territory. Yeah, her, yeah. her pegging strap on, uh, <laughs> flipping back and forth as she runs up. The winds. Yeah, as she runs up and down the hall. With like her hands outstretched and like Lancelot's just running away in a pair of uh, yeah. sheer stockings and a garter belt. Yeah. <laughs> His arms out, his, his legs, you know, uh, uh, the blur where he's he's running with his knees up too high. <laughs> uh, good times. So we're keeping it. Okay. I think so. I think I think we landed on keeping. Right, David. You said you're gonna yes. keep it. You said amazingly terrible. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right, David. What is our next segment? 
So Matt, would you let your child watch this? Uh Dearest child, Matt. Again, women they're maybe dealt with slightly better here, but not very much better. No, they're still potted plants comparatively. Like they're still not doing Yeah, anything. they're largely well, not present. Yeah. Morgana is fun. Not true. And Guinevere, at least, is more intuitive enough to, like, understand what's going on and be concerned, whereas none of the knights are. I think combined with the violence, uh, I'd say no. Okay. So are we doing one universe? One universe. Sure. Okay. I like the idea that there's this vacation in the past industry. Like, it's so big that you don't need special powers. Primeval does it. Uh, High school footballers do it. (laughs) <laughs> and in fact, like, so many people are going to the past that most of the people in the past are just tourists from the future just hanging Ooh, out. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I also like the idea that this football team from the 80s, like, got caught up in the satanic panic and were <laughs> dabbled, in, dabbled in D&D powers they did not understand and were cast back in time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so they, this is like the mazes and monsters version of uh, yeah, yeah, uh, football. Yeah, uh, and in in fact, they are all probably insane, like acting out their fantasies in real time, but they think they're back in time, and they've been like fighting fighting cars and shit. <laughs> you think this is all in their minds, and they're just like on the streets. With yeah, they're, so they're all weapons. they're huddled the huddled around King Arthur's cardboard box, and and Lord Viper oh. is actually a psychiatrist. Yeah, who's like working very closely with the authorities, and all of the like Gullum mud people are either normal citizens <laughs> or like cops that are trying to like harangue these delusional football players, trying to like corral them somewhere and they managed to get them corralled to this like one back alleyway where they're hanging around the cardboard box no they're like uh, I... I thought they would be like orderlies and yeah yeah when they try to escape the institute that that's when they run into the the siege gotcha gotcha <laughs> right. it would make sense as to why it's so terribly poorly organized and they're yeah. not using siege tactics at all and the river of forgetfulness is actually just the meds. And yeah. For like a brief moment, <laughs> Lancelot had it. Lance had a moment of lucidity oh, where like he right. was like about to be break out of it. My, my name's but William. Then he was sucked back in. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So really, this is a tragedy about Lancelot's descent back into madness. So. This really doesn't fit into the one universe at all because it's really just sort of like this is happening in New York City, yeah, yeah. 1986, <laughs> in a psychiatric ward. We have King Arthur, Arthur yeah. King, and that 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 was actually the that was the inciting factor was the fact that they all made friends with somebody called Arthur King, right? And he was deep into D and D, and he was like, "Hey guys, let's try this special mixture of peyote and LSD that I made and, <laughs> and they, play some LARPing. Yeah, and they all have psychotic breaks because they've, you know, never used their imagination before because they're football players. Yeah, and they've all had traumatic head injuries. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> uh, gross. I like it. 
Well, I, so we got two theories. We got uh, there is a travel back in time industry that a lot of people participate in, and we have Arthur King and the, the Knights of Psychosis. I kind of like the Arthur King and Knights of Psychosis, but I still love the fact I still love the idea of there being like this cottage industry around time travel vacations that somehow like goes awry and people keep getting displaced in time when they're not even signing up for the program and oh, yeah. nobody seems to care. Nobody's like really like, oh shit, we just had an entire football team fall into the time vortex. Ah, it's okay. It'll work itself out. Don't well, worry how, about it. How often does like the people, <laughs> the, the, the like travel agency who booked your trip to Brazil, how much are they like, oh yeah, he got kidnapped. You know, let's advertise that fact. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or like, like how often are they actually directly involved with your enjoyment of the vacation really they only hear from you when like you have something to complain about if everything's going smoothly they don't hear from you right so right. they don't hear from the people they help out right yeah, so they're like i wonder why we don't have more repeat customers oh well <laughs> <laughs> do 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 <laughs> I'm just so busy booking all these booking all these time travels. <laughs> I don't know if if somebody if somebody had like a, a viable time travel mechanism and it was like accessible and easy for you to sign up for it. Would you not at some point in time want a vacation through time, like travel back in time or into the future? I would love to. I would love to yeah. see a different time. That would be amazing. I mean, it's a total fantasy. So you would have to do is do it once. You're like, oh, you know, I'll give it a shot. Boom. Nobody hears from you again. Yeah. So it makes sense. I feel like it would still be an industry that would be uh, well sought after. Well, that's like restart your life in the past, which is a different kind of fantasy. Yeah. And until so you get there and you realize, you know, there's no air conditioning. and Right. There was no deodorant. So everything stank like an armpit. Everybody's got scabies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because people didn't wash, nobody bathed. Or you like travel back into like the age of sail, right? You're like, ah, I'm gonna fight in the Napoleonic Wars. It's gonna be amazing. But you're in China. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite ideas for time travel. Is like not taking into account the actual like location, yeah, movements and location, yeah. Like you time travel and suddenly you're in the middle of space somewhere because it's right. just the Earth is in a different fixed point where the time travel comes from. Yeah, yeah, it would make sense. It would make sense that if you could, if you had, if you're going to try and travel, you could only travel to the same, like the same moment where the Earth was in the same position, like physical space. Yeah, yeah. So, so that'd be like the right time of year. Right. Yeah. You and could if only you went the wrong time of day. You'd be like you would be in China. Yeah. Or or like combined with the uh, magma. Or. Under the Earth's Com surface. Combined with another human. Like, suddenly you're, like, some <laughs> right. weird Cronenberg monster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> 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 All right. So, we're going with which? Psychosis or time travel? My vote's psychosis. Yeah. Damn it. That would be my vote, too. Okay, psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of have to put someone else in there that's from another series to connect it all up. Uh, I know, yeah. like it feels like yeah. we just were like, it's just uh, a stand. Yeah, this this is yeah. also happening, you know, on the side. 
maybe the psychiatrist that's trying to help them is Professor X. <laughs> maybe Professor X is Lord Viper. And well, that's the would... reason why we never see him off his horse. I mean, so. he would be able to cure them by just going into their mind. Let's move on. It's time for coming up. Ooh. Next time. This, this is the best one. What is index 320? Damn. Mm. We're getting low on the list. 320. 320. Do we go up or down? Down. Next highest. Next highest. Rainbow Bright. Nice. Getting into the classics. I'm excited. 1984 to 1986, 13 episodes. I uh, This is interesting. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Never. Wow. Okay. Uh, did you guys see it? I don't think I have. I think that I had, because I think that this was one of those um, cartoons that my mother tried to put on for my sister. Ah. So, and my sister really wasn't into it, because she wasn't really into cartoons, so... She would be a little old for this. She would be. She would have been like seven, seven to nine, somewhere in there. Makes sense. Episode one. Ooh. Nice. We get to see the origin of Rainbow Bright. Mm-hmm. Finally, the story can be told. Yes. And who is going to be the Sumerian? Yeah, who's David? Who? That would be you, Adam. <laughs> Me? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Our our New Year's episode. How about that? It's going to be Rainbow Bright. Mm, I don't think so, because our He-Man and She-Ra is a Christmas episode, so Saturday Super Kid is going to be ho- closer. No, Saturday Super Kid is going to be the 26th of December. We have that as our Kwanzaa episode. Aww. <laughs> and then Rainbow Bright is going to be the 9th of January, yes. so it's going to be it's going to be po- it's going to be the newest one of the year. It's right, be the first episode of the. Everybody will listen year. to it. Uh, everybody will listen to it at the gym at the one time they go to the gym after they've made their exactly. New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Every go. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they'll be like, "Ah, oh, I'm never going back there listening to that again." It's our gym episode. Yeah, great. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We should do the gym episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, ooh, I can bench press so many pounds. <laughs> well, and it's gonna be like a, especially since it's Rainbow Bright, but it's gonna be like. We're the reason why people didn't get into shape, because we turned them off from going to the gym. Because mm-hmm. they were listening to us ramble on about bullshit while they were trying to get swole. I think, there we go, New Year's gym resolution. Nice. I, I think being the group that you can blame, that's useful. Like, we're providing a public oh, service. Oh, no, no, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Right. You're like, I was going to go to the gym, but I picked this podcast and now i can't ever think right again (laughs) well just like how this episode is going to be when all of those husbands and fathers during christmas when all of their kids and wives open their presents are like why the fuck did you buy this the dad slash husband could be like i was listening to this podcast these guys were morons they kept on distracting me about like time traveling Football players that were psychotic. I don't know what's going on. I just grabbed what I could while I was there and got out. Yeah, and that's why you all have VHSs of Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I was gonna go with cops. <laughs> not not the actual like uh, reality TV show cops, but C O P S. Yeah, the cartoon. The, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have DVDs of that. No, it's why, it's, why, it's why it's on VHS. 
That's the reason why y'all have these VHS tapes that I recorded off of YouTube. <laughs> Episodes of Cops, where you can watch BP Vest fight Turbo. Now I wanted like transfer YouTube on the VHS just to screw with people who buy VHS tapes. At, uh, <laughs> You'd need a lot of VHS. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a big project, but worthwhile. That, that that would actually be pretty amazing if we uh, somehow managed to like record ourselves on VHS on VHS, and it's like our audio over like really bad cartoons. But it's not like the cartoons <laughs> we're reviewing. It's just like <laughs> random cartoons, and that that's how our particular piece of media gets out there. It's not through people using their podcatcher. It's through those VHS sales. Yeah, of our premium merch items. Yeah, we sell ten for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> We're on that Columbia record. Yeah, uh, for, for for from the nineties. Yeah, for that price, we commit numerous acts of intellectual uh, copyright law <laughs> violations. Well, it's just so when the judge rules in favor of Disney or whoever, and they're like, "You must, you must." Pass all of your proceeds onto them. We'll be like, okay, here is the thirty-five cents. Oh, thank they, you. They will go after our, our profits. Here's They'll your bill. Our, yeah, <laughs> our livelihoods. They don't let them make pinatas. You know what? Really? Dis Disney's cracked down on uh, like illegal knockoff pinatas with the uh, Disney characters on them. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like. Shut down Quinceanera because they're using an an off brand <laughs> pinata. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they're a great bunch. Yeah, you still have um, Times Square Elmo uh, molesting people, right? Uh, yeah, Touchy Touchy Elmo is my favorite. <laughs> that and Dirty Spider Man, Crotch Tate Spider Man and Touchy Elmo. So. Next time on Amazingly Terrible, we'll have a very special episode of He-Man and She-Ra. It is going to be the Christmas special, summarized by Matt. Mm -hmm. and, and on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, will be Rainbow Bright, episode numero uno, the origins of the brightest rainbow, summarized by Adam. Wow. That's me. I'm Adam, by the way, in case you didn't know. I'm Matt. I'm David. Wait, were we really, were we really that concise? Yeah. Yeah. We really only record for like two hours. Less yeah, than this, two hours. Yeah, it's this recording wow. session is shorter than the episode he just released. It's <gasps> crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm stopping the record, guys. Amazingly terrible is produced by David Marks. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazingly terrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward. <laughs>